0: Good afternoon, everybody. This is our bonus episode for the thirty first of January, two thousand twenty one. If you still got some drinks from the last episode, replenish them. (laughs) I think I'm gonna give me a little tequila. I'll be back. chat now. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm a mess. You know what, guys? I just had to give y'all a bonus episode because I don't talk to y'all often enough and I just got a lot to talk about. So I just finished recording the I don't care, I don't hate Donald Trump episode and I did that Hold on, y'all. I'm going to open this up because I'm making a little tequila cocktail. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So I named it that way because I, at this point, I don't care. I live in DC. I'm a millennial. And yes, I, uh, I'm, I don't know if I'll call myself a liberal, but I'm definitely not a conservative, nor I, um, adhere to you know conservative beliefs in politics morally and you know that type of way yes but in politics no i feel like politics should be more about taking care of everybody not you know taking care of people that you agree with or that believe in your ideals so anyway um i named it i don't care because i feel like whenever i say things my beliefs it always got to be prefaced with, oh, I didn't vote for Trump, but, you know, I just feel this way because, and it's like, I'm letting you guys know right now I didn't vote for Trump. I think I said that a few times in the last episode, but I have admitted and I don't care that there were some things that Trump said that I agreed with. So if you ever meet me, you can ask me about them. Um, I'm definitely not a Islamophobe because that was actually one of the things that convinced me not to vote for Trump. Um, when it comes to religion, I am—I don't believe religion and politics ever should go hand in hand. That's why, personally, I am a supporter of the state of Israel. I do think that they have politicized—politicized, excuse me—religion in that region, and that's—that anti-Semitism has caused a lot of people to be anti-Israel. Israel has done some fucked up shit too on their side as well. I don't like nor agree with, and I don't like what Israel has done with some of the people there. They're citizens. They're actual citizens. The Ethiopian Jews, the Mizrahi Jews. I don't like the way they're treating them. The Sephardic Jews. I don't like the way they're treating them. The Ashkenazis have way too much power, way too much say. And there was actually a Black Panther party in Israel. If anyone knows anyone that was in a Black Party Panther in Israel, they um adopted the ideals of the Black uh Panther Party in the United States and I love that. I read about that years ago and I said whenever I go to Israel when God bless me with the uh, chance to go to Israel I definitely want to go to Jerusalem because I'm a Christian. I definitely want to go to the River Jordan and I would love to interview and meet someone that was in that Black Panther Party over there. So, I'm going to try to have one of my goals is before the age of 35, hopefully God blesses me with many more decades on this earth and Within the next decade, I would love to go to Israel and do those three things. The River Jordan, attend church in Jerusalem, and I want to interview and meet someone that was in a Black Panther Party in Israel. But yeah, anyway, like I said, I don't care um, about Trump. I don't care that people dislike me saying I don't care about Trump Or that I believed in some of his stuff. But you know what? At the end of the day, I did not vote for that man. I think that man is a terrorist. I think he should be locked up. Um, And I do think that people are just... I think a lot of people knew what Trump was about, but they really felt that, you know, living in their little liberal bubble, Trump wasn't going to do anything. He wasn't going to get elected. And boy, were they proven wrong. It is what it is. So let's Kiki. So we have about 23 minutes left of this episode. So I'm going to briefly talk about the Wendy Williams documentary and movie. So I watched it with my friend last night. Uh, They just overcame the COVID. So. I went over to their house and cheered them up. They're good now. They've tested negative. And um, we were just drinking Belvedere and um, having Belvedere cocktails with seltzer water because we're both on diets. And But I did eat a crazy dinner. But anyway, um, the movie was okay. I mean, it's a Lifetime movie. Lifetime movies at this point, Lifetime movies and TV1 movies, it's like they know they're bad. And I think people just keep watching them, but it's like... I get so disappointed because it's like, y'all really don't want to do better for yourselves. Like the Gabby Douglas movie, I thought was okay. It was good. It's with Regina King and Imani Hakim, who played uh, Chris Rock's sister in um, Everybody Hates Chris. And of course, y'all know the American treasure, Regina King. Um, I thought that movie was okay. Um, my favorite Lifetime movie of all time is the Michelet movie. I thought that movie was done amazingly. Uh, I still watch it if I get the chance to. If it's, like, on, I will watch it. Um, the Tony Braxton movie wasn't... <sighs> I feel like a lot of these movies, they they try to cover, like, the whole... The person's, like, whole career, including their childhood. And it's like, I don't really care about your childhood. I would like to see, like, a moment you're like, I want to be... Like, Michelet kind of did that, which I liked. And then she focused a lot on Dr. Dre and how that transitioned to her going into Suge Knight. And then that, then her, like, they did her movie perfectly. Um, I feel like with a lot of the other movies, they just try to cover, like, the person's entire life. But it's like, yo, you're on cable network and there's commercials. So it's not like a two-hour film where everything is uninterrupted and you can show things explicitly. You can't do that on network TV. So I feel like with Wendy Williams... I really wish they would have kept it to just, you know, her as a kid realizing she wanted to be a radio person. I thought that would have been cool. And then they should have focused on, like, her New York years. I kind of wish they did that and then maybe they made a part two about her husband and all of that stuff. But I really feel like – I really would wish they would have on, like – Her radio career, like the beef she had with people, why people disliked her. Like the movie was very rushed, it kept jumping to it. And then they spent so much time about her and her ex husband. And I get that was like a lot of drama and juiciness and gossip with that, but that could have been its own part. And at one point, I was just like, okay, we know they end up getting divorced. We know the nigga ain't shit. We know all of this, but they just had to focus on Wendy Williams and her husband, and I'm just like, I'm over it. So the movie wasn't great in my opinion. The documentary though, baby, let me tell you, That documentary, Wendy Williams was letting everything out. Wendy Williams looked a mess. She was crying on her lymphedema machine. Her face is all swollen from the Botox. Her eyes all popped out. You know, I was like, oh, goodness, Wendy Williams is a mess, and I love it. And I'm saying I love it because I don't love that, you know, she's in distress, but I love that she's being so emotional because I'm a cancer. And the one thing about us cancers is we are very, I think, like, for the most part, We're bubbly people or we're social people. We are social people. But I do think when we're alone or when we're like reflecting our feelings, we get very emotional and people like to use that against us. And it's like that because we... I think cancers, I mean, there's bad cancers, don't get me wrong. But um, I feel like cancers really think of themselves as like good people. They just want to have a good time. They want people around them to have a good time. It is what it is. And it's like if you're like causing some type of disruption or throwing a wrench into that aura, that vibe, then a cancer would get upset with you. Like their emotions would come out. Like they're like because they just want to have a good time and they want everyone to have a good time. And you just effing it up. They don't like that. I feel like Wendy Williams, you know, she is bubbly on TV all the time. I've never heard of someone having a mean experience with Wendy Williams, ever. I've never heard of that. Um, I actually have a couple friends that have encounters with Wendy Williams, personal encounters. I actually just spoke to one this morning, actually. Um, And they both said she was cool, you know. But um, I think with Wendy, it was like, it's the first time she's ever just divulging all of this information. It's like... She had to be very slick and very good and plot and plan because we are good plotters and planners as' cancers. um when she was getting that divorce. She just couldn't like let everybody know, oh, the news is out there, so yeah, my like no, she had to like play it smart. And I think the documentary and even the movie to a uh, an extent showed that. like this woman was aware of everything that was going on. But she just had to maneuver a certain way so she could make sure her business was good and she was taken care of. Um, I liked how, you know, she talks openly about the bitch, Sharina Hudson. I am i don't care. I don't care for Sharina Hudson. She's a bitch. Uh, Kevin Hunter's a bitch as well. Uh, she talked about them openly. I like that. I like that, you know, she brought up like, you know, me... I was with this man. I knew he was cheating on me, all of this stuff. And it caused me to go crazy, you know? And we have seen it on her show, her passing now her stress, her swearing, her words. Like, Wendy was like, yo, I had a problem and all of this happened. And then she said, my parents had strokes. You know, one had a stroke one week, the other one. Like, that was sad and shocking within itself. And now her mother just recently died. It's just like, Wendy once probably blamed herself, probably blames herself that, you know, had I not been in a sober house, I probably would have been there with my mother when she had her stroke, you know? So it's just a lot. It was really sad, the documentary, but it was good. Like, it was really good. I enjoyed it. I was talking to my friend, but I was, like, listening, and I was drunk at the same time. But that documentary was really good. And there's this YouTuber I watch. I ain't going to say, I ain't going to promote no YouTubers over here unless they're giving me a check or put me on their platform. But there's this YouTuber. She said the same thing I said. You know, she said, you know, that movie, she gave it a six. I gave it a five. And the reason I gave it a five, because the actress did a really good job. She did an amazing job playing Wendy Williams. And whoever did the makeup and hair for that movie on point, like the wigs were amazing. The wigs look like stuff that Wendy wears now, because Wendy's Y'all know Wendy Williams used to look a mess. Like, Wendy Williams looked like a drag queen that was on meth. Let's keep it real. Uh, Especially when her show first came out. But, you know, I would say after the fourth season, Wendy's wardrobe stepped up. Like, Wendy started to look good. Her wigs wasn't sitting three inches above her head no more. You know, Wendy wasn't looking like a a, a sausage that was stuffed up at the top of the tube, you know, before you – Paste it onto like the frying pan. She didn't look like that no more, Wendy. And you know, she had lost a little bit of weight too, but it was never her weight. It was Wendy's big y'all and y'all giving her these little ass wigs. Like some of the little crop top wigs look good on her, especially now, but at her size, it's like Wendy needs the long hair, you know, Wendy needs to wear like clothes that, you know, looks even that evens her out because she is very top heavy and you know you don't want to have like clothes that's like get putting too much attention up there anyway the movie was not great but the wardrobe the hair the actress the facial expression she was making i loved it the documentary was i give that documentary a 9 out of 10 it was amazing um yeah it was amazing i may do no i won't i won't do a q and a of that movie uh, with y'all because I am not doing a YouTube with uh, Kiki with Kian. I don't plan on it. Um, I am doing a YouTube with my friend Dominique. We're doing our uh, YouTube uh, show, uh, Powerful Opinionated Voices or POV. Once I get more information on our YouTube channel, because Dominique is like the brains behind all of that. Um, Once I get more information on that, I will happily share it with you guys. We start releasing episodes on the 14th, uh, February, so anti-Valentine's Day weekend. I don't have a man F-Valentine's Day, so I'm calling it anti-Valentine's Day weekend because me and some friends rented a place in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, We got liquor. We got dressed up clothes, um, very bougie, and we just going to get lit and have fun that weekend. Be like, F these guys. We don't need them because they definitely don't need us or want us right now. <laughs> But, yeah, y'all, check out Wendy Williams' movie, though. It was, give her the views. Y'all know Kevin took a lot of her money. So, you know, she needs to recoup that money that he spent on Sharina Hudson, um, that little princess that they have now. So the baby is innocent. She's a princess in my eyes, even though her parents are whores. Um, what else are we going to talk about? I joined Clubhouse. Let me tell y'all about Clubhouse because Clubhouse, to me, is interesting. So, late last year, my best friend, Blaze, texted me one night and she asked me, hey, do you want to uh, be in Clubhouse? Because she was in it. I said, sure, why not? So, she sent me the link. And, Blaze, this is probably the first time you're going to hear this story. Um, I... Did not touch that link for like four weeks. I'm like, you know what? I wasted Blaze's time. I didn't realize that, you know, they legit only get two invites per person. So I'm just like, uh, whatever. But I finally joined last week. And one thing I would say I like about Clubhouse i do like that you know you can start rooms and chat rooms and everything and people can talk about any topic they want i i think that's beautiful you know i've seen topics i mean everyone think they're stock brokers now so i personally do not follow people that talk about stocks tips uh how to like make money i don't do that i personally don't i have a lot of the finance people in my life um I do think we're going to have another depression, to be honest. I don't know when. I just need to make sure I'm stopped up for that. But I don't plan on buying a bunch of stuff. I have some stocks, but if I was to lose my stocks, I wouldn't go broke or anything, or be any more broke than I am now. So that so I don't follow that. But you know, people that are interested in that, they, they have stock tips. You know, some celebrities have their own rooms, they talk about stuff. Uh, I was in a room the other night, Tiffany Haddish was leading something. Um, then right after that, I was in a room briefly in a room that Trick Daddy was moderating. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I love Trick Daddy. Tiffany had it. She cool. Um, uh, I don't bang with Jason Lee, but I've been seeing him in several rooms. You know, him and his Hollywood Unlocked. <laughs> They're definitely doing a thing on Clubhouse. Uh I saw PNB Rock earlier today and I'm like, oh, okay. 21 Savage. And, you know, I love 21 Savage. Uh, he moderated a room the other day. I was in there for a little bit, but he wasn't talking though. So I'm like, oh, okay, 21 ain't talking. So let me leave this room. Plus, you know, but then a bunch of other stuff. It was like really like, I mean, it's social media. Social media is what it is. It's for attention. It's for clicks, views, and whatever. So there was some rooms where it was like, they're just putting people on stage like, oh, follow back, follow back. And I'm like, I don't got time for this. I personally don't want strangers following me because- I'm a bougie black gay man that live in DC. Um, I'm into history. I'm into like cultural stuff. Um am into gossip. I am. Um, I I think I'm a multifaceted person. I'm into like relationship stuff. I love to travel. I have uh an opinionated voice. Um, it's powerful, sometimes unpopular. That's why I have this podcast. Um, that's why I'm about to have a YouTube show. Um I, I'm like that. And, you know, people that are like me or people that I have interest in, you know, their beliefs or what their, um, their uh, beliefs or their, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, y'all? Oh, why am I drinking? <laughs> uh, like their interest, I guess. I have interest in their interest, if that makes sense. Ooh, can <laughs> I will follow them, but I just don't want random people like just following me and we're not going to engage with one another. And when I say engage, it's like, OK, like if I'm in a chat room, are you going to join my chat room and vice versa? Um, Are you going to talk about something or is just going to be like I'll see you in Clubhouse and then, you know, if I join one of your chat rooms? Are you going to invite me to go on your stage and speak? Or it's just going to be like, oh, this is one of my thousands of followers. I don't even know him like that. I just follow him because one time he said something. Like, I don't do that. So unless like, so if you see me in Clubhouse and you like Kiki with Kian, follow me. I definitely follow back. But other than that, you could just say, oh, I like Kian's podcast, but I don't know if I want to follow him on Clubhouse. I won't be offended, y'all. Don't worry. But yeah, Clubhouse has a lot of people that just talk about random stuff like, oh, follow me. I've been in a couple chat rooms. They was like, oh, okay, on the stage, who would you fuck, marry, or kill? And I'm just like, people are that bored. But we are in a pandemic, so I give them that. Um, yeah, but if, I had a conversation with my friend uh, about a conversation I had in Clubhouse, and I may Save that for the next episode, actually. I think I will. And I'm going to make y'all wait to the next episode to see see what the title and the topic is. Last time I told you I was going to do an episode dedicated to Trump, but this time I'm not going to tell you what the next episode or topic is going to be. But I think it's going to be very controversial, um, especially as my identity as a gay black man. think the topic is going to be controversial you guys are going to be like what y'all might look at me sideways crazy Might think i'm a bitch a bad wench all types of shit but i really don't care um i do think that i will like to think that a lot of my opinions even though you may not agree with them it's like you can see where i'm coming from you know it's like okay i don't agree with Kim, but okay this he believes this because this happened to him or he sees it this way or he interprets it this way whereas it's actually this way, or that's how I interpret it, so, I'm okay with us having differences of opinions, just no disrespect, but Clubhouse is cool, I, I fucks with it, um, I was into it the first two days, but then I kind of, like, stepped away from it, but, you know, um, there hasn't been anything on TV, like, Bob's Burgers, I don't know what's going on, they haven't released any new episodes, This Is Us is the same way, so, I went on Clubhouse like almost every night last week, Um, not all night, but I would be on there for like an hour or two in a conversation room. And I like to go on stage and speak, you know, because if I'm like interested in a topic, I'll go into that room. And of course, I want to put in my two cents and hear other people. And a lot of times I disagree with them or they disagree with me, but, you know, we can respectfully disagree with one another. So I like that platform. Like you can engage with people, especially people you don't know. I think that's what makes it more fun versus like Facebook, you know, those people. So it's like, oh, okay. Cause I'm not the type of person that just add or accept everyone from Facebook. Uh, I would say I know about 80% of my Facebook friends. The other 20% are we have like mutual friends and I heard about them. Or it might be someone like my friend told me like, oh yeah, my friend has this company you should uh. Be Facebook friends with them and, you know, buy stuff from them. So I do that. So that's all. But, yeah, guys, uh, I don't know what else to talk about. Clubhouse was big. Uh, I just released I Don't Care, I Don't Hate Donald Trump episode. We talked about the Wendy Williams. Uh, you guys know about POV uh, being released in two weeks. I'm excited about that. Uh, I can talk to y'all about some work stuff, but I would feel comfortable. I have a date in mind when I'm gonna start telling y'all about my job. Not specifically, but like some situations I've experienced. Um, because I do work there, you know, and I do work with, you know, people that are up there. If you know what I mean, like by up there. So I don't want to say too much and people find me and be like, "Oh, you know, he's talking about you." But there's definitely like some issues or like some episodes I've had at work where I think it's more common and not just with black people, but even with young people in general cuz I do believe that a lot, especially as a 30-year-old, I'm a 30-year-old um young professional in DC. I have a speech impediment, so I don't have a stuttering problem, but it's very hard for me to pronounce certain words sometimes. Um, that's why, like, when I'm drunk, my French is on point. But sometimes that it's hard for me to say certain things in English. So then in French, it's like, I'm like, uh, the it gets really weird. Um, but I guess because I'm more confident when I speak French, I don't know why. It's not as noticeable or bad. But in English, it's like sometimes I can't say certain words. Like, I'll know the vocabulary, but it's like I just stumble upon the words or I, like, get really, like, quiet. I don't know. It's a plethora of things. It goes childhood trauma, my speech impediment. It just affected my speech pattern. But anyway, there's sometimes at work I'll say something or I'll try to, like, release something and I get yelled at. Well, I don't get yelled at. Let me correct that because no one's yelling at me. But, you know, I get, like, kind of talked to sternly and I'm like okay like you know this is a little uncomfortable um uh, maybe they don't understand what i'm trying to say and you know i've had a couple times where you know i had to go back and talk to that person you know by that point i knew what to say how to say it you know like it was prepared and you're like oh okay we see what you were trying to say then at that time it wasn't working and you were stuttering so we thought you were lying or whatever and i'm like no and then you know i've noticed a lot i had to bring up my speech impediment because people don't believe me but i went to Elwin. Anyone from Delaware County, Pennsylvania, you know about Elwyn. I was a student at Elwyn. I took speech therapy until I was in third grade. I had to go twice a week from preschool to third grade. I had to go to speech therapy. Um, I could not pronounce the C-H-S-H sounds, R sounds. Like a bitch could not speak, y'all. So I am a stellar success compared to the cards that were dealt to me. I'm just saying, but of course I've been a bad bitch since 1990 and I'm planning on being a bad bitch until God calls me home to Cicely Tyson. But with that being said, y'all, I love y'all. <laughs> um, And yeah, I think I will do an episode about that. Um, I do feel like people think they can talk all types of crazy to me because I'm young. They think, oh, because I'm young, I should be grateful for the position I'm in. And it's like, yeah, I am grateful for the position I'm in, but I also worked for it. You know, I went to college, I did well, I studied abroad, I worked at these jobs, I you know, received these honors, I've gotten these accolades, these recommendations. Um, I've gained these skills, I am very qualified for this position. And you're because I'm young, you're probably paying me less than someone that has 10 more years of experience than me, okay? And then someone that has like a master's or a PhD, they're definitely going to want more money than what you're offering me. So I ain't going to tell y'all my salary. If I tell people my salary, they'd be like, okay, oh, and that's good. I'm like, yeah, it's good. But you know, I also, I'm bougie. So, you know, and I'm not spending money on crazy stuff, but you know, I have to pay student loans and a bunch of other stuff. And so, you know, it balances out. But yeah, um, yeah, they talk to the young people crazy in a workplace. And I actually had a conversation with one of my coworkers about that. And he wasn't understanding because the person he was talking about is kind of rude. I'll give him that. But I'm like, that person's probably rude because of their age. And I can see where they were coming from. And he didn't understand what I was saying. But I feel like he doesn't like people... Telling him things, I think he's a know-it-all in a way. To be honest, he's cool. Me and him are cool now. I have no beef with him. If he ever hears this podcast, I have no beef with you. But I do think you're stubborn. It is what it is. Uh, but y'all have a blessed Sunday. Thank you for dealing with my crazy ass again for a second episode of Kiki with Kian. Again, you can find me on Clubhouse now. Uh, my username is Kiki the France. Uh, I don't put out my actual social media. So if you find me in Clubhouse and add me, you'll see my social media handles. If you decide not to, your ass won't know. It is what it is. But God bless y'all. Have a great Sunday. Um, I will talk to you guys very soon. I would try to give you guys an episode within the next two weeks. God bless.